Hello ladies and gents and welcome to episode 16 of the KDH podcast. So, normal procedures before you get started, if you could, I'd really appreciate it, could you screenshot and tag me in your stories on Facebook or Instagram to get the message out there more because we're on the episode 16 now and I'm absolutely loving the podcast. Today it's going to be me, myself and I, nobody else, um, so it's going to be a solo podcast, my third one. And I'm going to be brutally honest, I do get nervous about these ones because you are genuinely just rambling. I've got a lot of notes in front of me and I'm just going for here. So it is one of those ones. Some, one of my clients asked me the other day, they're like, do you just do that in a one? And I'm like, yep. There's only been one where I had to edit <laughs> because we said something. I was like, I can't put that on the podcast. I wind up losing half my following. I'm only joking. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, today's podcast, episode 16, is going to be our exercise simplified. So I've called it this because, well, it's very relevant right now. We're back to the gyms. We're in the third week anyway in Scotland. So I thought it'd be very relevant to talk about, about actually making progress with exercise. And not that folk weren't doing it over lockdown because I worked with a team of folk that were doing brilliantly and made some amazing progress. And I made some good progress myself. But just because we're back to lifting and, you know, like a lot of the gyms have time constraints. A lot of people are a bit wary about going back. A lot of people have probably got into habits over the five months where they've been a bit like, I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing. So I just thought I'd make this to help some people out. Plus, there is a shit ton of noise surrounding exercise and I'm just trying to quieten it and eliminate it by making this as well. It may rub some people up their own way because you know what? There's so many people in the fitness industry that just go there. And I used to be like this as well. I was pure self-taught and I thought I knew everything about lifting. How could you think that you know everything about lifting weights and being fit if you've just taught it yourself, taught, taught yourself it? Do you know what I mean? Like if you've had no coaching, no research, no sort of education on it at all. And I'm not saying I'm an expert on it, but I've clocked up more than three and a half thousand hours of personal training. I've run a boot camp for two and a half years and I've been training for more than 10 years myself. So I like to think I've got a wee bit of experience there. Um, so yeah, um, it's obviously a bit of a, a broad topic, but I'm going to kind of talk about my views on um, exercise in general. It's such a broad topic. So um, you'll pick up a few different gold nuggets as well throughout this um, that I've just dropped in at the end because it's things that I talk to my clients about and folk are always mind blown by some things that like, I did not realize that. But what you tend to find when it comes to fitness and nutrition is people just do things because and that is it. And you get folk, oh, I'm going to the gym now. Should I take protein shakes? Um, do you get adequate protein in your diet? Yeah. So why are you, why do you, because people just jump to this conclusion or, oh, I'm in the gym. Should I get a weightlifting belt? It's just, there's no actual reasoning or understanding behind it. People are just doing because, and I always say that because there's no actual, and that's hopefully, my, my goal as a personal trainer is to empower my clients, to empower my members in my bootcamp so that they can walk away like locked and loaded so that they don't have to have someone there and they don't have to be confused by something and they don't have to think that, oh God, I'm just doing this because, do you know what I mean? There's no actual understanding. So this is like a golden rule that is something that I've been saying a lot in the past six months. Exercise does not primarily drive fat loss, right? And the reason that I mentioned fat loss is because most folk want to get a wee bit leaner and most folk are lost in it, right? And the reason that I say this initially is because if you clear this, the air with this, then it makes it get, because people think they're in the gym to get the sweatiest workout on. Now I'll come into this and you're like, right, what are you here for? Someone's like, I want to lose fat. And I'm like, right, you could do this without going to the gym. You could do it without going for a walk. You could literally down my, my, download my fitness pal 
track your calories, sit in the house on your ass, and you can still drop body fat. As long as you were creating an energy deficit via restriction, you could do that. But it's obviously not a good way to go about it. Exercise gets you feeling great. It empowers you. It gets you strong. It gets you fit. It builds an unstoppable mindset, and it's going to complement the full thing. But listen to me. It doesn't primarily drive it. It complements the process, right? So remember that. And this is the relationship which foremost needs to be improved when it comes to exercise. You've got folk going to the gym looking for the workout that burns the most calories and they're going twice a week. And you're like, to be honest, yeah, it's going to assist and it may burn a wee bit more calories than what they do there. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not as short term as that. Like, I don't, I've never looked at exercises like, oh, how many calories did I burn in that session there? Like, yeah, if you compared an ultra marathon runner to someone that is a, an athlete strength trainer, the ultra marathon runner is going to burn more calories, but they've got different goals. Like, the, the, that's just part of the parcel. The, the amount of calories that you burn in a session is a byproduct of what happens when you expend energy. That's obviously going to happen. But get, listen to me, it doesn't primarily drive it because that's what I'm trying to change in folks' mind. Um, and and my, my goal is to just give people that understanding and knowledge. And hopefully the podcast has been doing that. That's one of my, my big sort of, my big things for the podcast as well is to help folk understand and, and train with a better mindset rather than thinking they're like a hamster on a wheel. So initially, I always tell everyone to keep things simple. Um, I break everything down into two variables. Now, people might say this is right, it's wrong. I just call it weights or cardio. Now, weights can be like CrossFit, bodybuilding style training. It could be like going to a circuits class, anything that involves any kind of resistance, right? And that is what drives physique adaptations, right? Weights. Now, cardio is like running, team sport, rowing, cycling right now within cardio it's going to generate adaptations in some areas right if you go into like an indoor rower or that like you were rowing on a boat like so like a, a concept two rower like i walk off of that and my back and my biceps are pumped because there's resistance there but it's still cardio but yeah there's going to give certain adaptations but whereas if you're progressively lifting weights each week in an effort to sculpt your body and build muscle, that's going to be the best way to go. But the reason I'm highlighting this is because they've got people coming in the gym, chasing physique adaptations, going to fucking spin. And you're like, and they're like, oh, I'm not seeing any results. And the reason I say this, I used to take spin when I worked at the gym group in Kilmarnock. And I worked in that gym for years and I watched people walk and come in week in, week out and do the same classes, cardio-based classes, right? And they weren't making any physique adaptations because I know in the back of their head that's what they wanted, but they weren't doing it because they were just coming in and, and burning all of the calories. Yeah, it was good for their, their mindset. They would have felt good after it. But I know for a fact loads of people there would have wanted goals of in their head. Oh, I, not that you should be comparing yourself to anyone else. You shouldn't be doing that. But they probably wanted maybe a wee bit of uh, maybe a, a guy that was at spin wanted broader shoulders. A female wanted a hourglass shape. Um, they wanted a bigger bum. You're not going to get that sitting on a a, a, um, a bike that doesn't move. Ah, you're going to get a good set of lungs. You're going to get a sweat on. It's going to assist your goal of fat loss, complement the process if that's what you're chasing. But it's not going to get you stacked. It's not going to get you feeling beach ready. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that, this is the bit that's the big confusion. confusion. Now, I'm talking like, I would com I would say that CrossFit sits in the middle between weights and cardio, but if you're like, if you take elements of each of these ones, you're going to see adaptations. Now, I'm going to come on to that bit there, but I'm just trying to split it into two areas so people understand it. So within, within these, you're going to have elements that do cross over. So CrossFit's a great example of this. Like you can go to there and most CrossFit gyms you go to, they'll give you a logbook 
and you're logging and you're progressing your, your training. So you're ticking the boxes of progressive overload, tension and stress. So you see adaptations. Now, I would, again, I'm using the example because I worked in the gym group in Kilmarnock. I've seen people go to the class where they had their own kettlebell, right? They had a four kilo kettlebell that they were using for two years. There's absolutely zero element of progressive overload there. So yeah, they'll get a sweat on. Yeah, they'll feel fit and active, but they're not, the, the physique adaptations that they're chasing in the back of their head, because you know they are, you know they're there to, to, to look a bit fitter, to feel a bit stronger, to change the shape of the body. Yeah, they'll, they'll drive fat loss if they're in an energy deficit, but they're not going to see swinging about a four kilogram kettlebell for two years isn't going to get you a set of um, a, a V taper back and a set of biceps that you want. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just not going to do that. Um, and don't get me wrong, like everyone's different. And there's some people with like absolutely the 0.1 genetics that they could go and obviously jump and uh, jump onto doing absolutely nothing. But the fact that they're just being consistent, they see changes. So I can't sit here and say that, oh, it's not going to do that for anyone. But what I'm trying to get at is to see changes in your body adaptations, you need to progressively overload your training over time. That's just what you need to do. So knowing this separation is so important because when so many people enter the gym in the wrong mindset, they're in there going, what workout does the most calories? And if you're focused on that, you're going to start going down the route of, cardio and then you're going to start being like i actually hate running so why am i coming in and running on the treadmill for an hour and it just builds this poor relationship with exercise um, and i want people to get away for that people coming in to train for what burns the most calories and you shouldn't be doing that i encourage everyone to come in and train and i'm not like see me saying about people going to certain classes or that i'm i'm trying to paint a picture here i'm not putting people down for doing the things they're doing i think it's brilliant that anyone's exercise that anyone's making a conscious effort to exercise i honestly do but i think if you're coming in and like in the back of your head you need to understand a, a budget gym like so like a gym membership, say 20 to 30 pound, that's what they sort of average. That is absolutely nothing. A Domino's costs 20 to 30 pound, right? So do you think you're actually going to get a high level of coaching and progress off of 20 pound a month? You're not. You're just going to get access to bare minimal, access to a class that's maybe you come in, you get a sweat on, you go. Whereas a lot of people compare these things to like one-to-one -one coaching. And I like to pride myself on the fact that I educate my clients and get them moving forward. Even through this content on here that I'm providing for, it's, it's, it's obviously free. It's not something that I charge for. But I'm doing this to help people because I know that so many people are stuck in this low tier sort of budget point where they think, oh, here, yeah, I get all this there. But they're comparing the, they're comparing like a, it's like comparing a Corsa to a Ferrari. Do you know what I mean? They're two different things. And for some people, they can go to a low-budget gym. Let's use myself, for example. I can go to the like a gym group or a pure gym and have an absolute brilliant session, right? And then you can get someone else paying the exact same membership as me with absolutely zero knowledge that walks in and they go and walk in the treadmill for 10 minutes, go in the cross trainer for five minutes, then go and swing a barbell about and do some curls and you're like... So it's, it's the exit, the, the bit in the middle is the, the education on how to execute. That is what's lacking and that's what people need to understand. So this is obviously, um, like, obviously like, I want people to come in and sweat and move and that might be okay for some people, but we're smart and we get bored so quickly and you get to a point where you're like, yeah, what am I doing here? Like, why am I just coming in and, and doing this? And I'm not seeing any progress yet. That person over there has maybe got a coach or they're in with their friends that know what they're doing. And, and I've seen them absolutely, like their, their progress is just shot through the roof. In a matter of weeks, yet mines has been the same for the past four years. And it's it's 
you need to seek out help. If you're absolutely lost, like I cannot urge people enough to seek out help because you will just get stuck in a vicious cycle. You create more comfort zones and within those comfort zones, you might even hit a relapse because there's no actual real measurable progress. So this is why I'm talking about this. I don't want people to fall back into that sort of, that same route that they go down. And I always say the quote is sanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And see, to be honest, for most gyms, that is literally like 50% of the membership to a T. And it's a shame. And that's why I like making this podcast, creating the content that I do. I want to try and make a difference, but it's, it's a shame because honestly, I was joking about this the other day. I get people where I'm telling them what to do. But because they've maybe been so diluted by other things, like I'm, I'm not against slimming clubs, but maybe they've been somewhere, a fad diet that said that they can't eat a certain food. So they've demonized the food group, right? And they're doing this plan that was like, I don't know, whatever, the something 800 plan or whatever. And, and it's 800 calories or something, right? And they're not allowed to eat food. So they've then got it in their head that the reason that they're overweight is because of one specific food. And I tell people about energy balance. I tell them about like the importance of uh, accountable movement, like having a step target, like making better food choices and overall that you can still have the things you can enjoy, but they can't take it in and they're looking at you going, but you're telling me I can eat butter. And I'm like, yes, you can eat butter. Like you, like you need to eliminate this low tier budget information you've got because it's clouding your judgment on everything you're doing. And I wish people just wouldn't do it. I wish people would just we could eliminate this noise and that's obviously what I'm trying to do right now. So what are people, what are most people training for when they enter a gym, right? And this is me from my experience coming up with this to feel good about themselves, to feel a bit more confident, to feel a bit better naked, to be a little bit less wobbly. And that is, that is genuinely it. And that's, it can be as much as that. And that's where it starts and that's what it could take. But quickly, if you've got a bit of direction and guidance, it will evolve rapid. And I love that. I love when I start seeing my clients chasing things like Christian. I absolutely love hip thrusting. I'd love to be able to do a double body weight for 10 reps. And then we can start coming up with a plan for there. And like exercise will increase expenditure and it will assist fat loss. But there's so much more to it. And it, people just don't see that sometimes. But I think it's like there's so many things that cause this. It can be low self-esteem issues. The fact that it's going to put them out of their comfort zone. But it's almost, I always use the, the example that I feel like people get stuck in this loop that it's like, they keep going back and doing the same things, as I said. They they go into a weight, a, I don't know, a slimming club, they do it for six months, they lose the same stone they lose every year. They go on holiday, they stop. They haven't changed any habits. They're just doing the same thing that they do every year that doesn't work. Whereas you tell someone to maybe, right, I want you to start setting an alarm and going out for a walk before they work. It seems daunting, it seems challenging, but ultimately you creating these habits is ultimately going to make you happier in the future. It's going to allow you to do more of what you want and not stress about it. Like sitting on a Sunday and planning your week for 15 minutes. Yeah, it's 15 minutes out of your day, but it's going to make your week easier. Like having non-negotiables in place, having a solid plan, having a, a coach to check in with, it's going to provide you with accountability. These things, like they, it doesn't sound glamorous, it doesn't sound sexy, but ultimately it's going to, allow you to be happier in the future because the amount of people I've met that have been on a diet for like 20 years and it's like the it's just such a, a, a thing in their life that they've been battling against and you go why don't you just download my fitness pal oh I don't get it I don't get it and they're like resistant to making change and you're like why don't you get a personal trainer oh that's a rip off my gym membership's only this much and you're like well 
you've been paying your gym membership for three years and you've only used it five times. That's like hundreds and hundreds of pounds. You could invest in a personal trainer for let's say a block of four sessions and a program for 140 pounds for a month and make one year's progress in three months. But folk don't see that. They're looking so so closely. They're not looking at the what's going to allow them to do more of what they want in the future. And I wish more people would see it. But again, it's whose fault is it? Is it the person's fault for being not being open to learning? Or is it the the fitness industry's fault for having so much noise and so much confusion? It's one of those things like I'm not going to sit and say it's anyone's fault. It's it's just obviously there's just a lot of noise, isn't there? A lot of noise. So yeah, um chase, chasing physique goals on the cross trainer are going to spin. Isn't it going to work? And I'll give you an example here. I'll be brutally honest. I don't look at anyone at my local running club and go, oh, fuck, I want their physique. Physique adaptations come from lifting weights. They come from making progressive, uh, you could even do it with a progressive bodyweight program. I've seen this over lockdown. Like I was doing loads of calisthenics, loads of core work, and the development I've seen in my core through progressive bodyweight training was insane. And gymnasts are a great example of this. Like, like look at them, they barely even touch weights. I can imagine there'll be some ones that touch it more now, but I remember watching, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, like it was a Ross Edgley YouTube video and he was going up against some gymnasts and it was, they were working out their strength deficits and these gymnasts were like repping out like 20 rep max at their body weight in a bench press. And they're like, I don't even touch a barbell, but it's just, they've got some amount of stre- strength through um, all this type of training. So it's pretty amazing what you can do there. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and this is like, a lot of people are jumping onto things like, I see, like spin classes are always busy, right? They're always busy. It's just like a pure given. But you're like, and it's the same folk that are going to them. It's like, are you into cycling? And they're like, no. And you're like, why are you like going to spin year round? When, and it's, oh yeah, I want to just get, I want to get in shape. And you're like, well, what the shape that you want in your head is going to be on the gym floor, lifting weights or doing something that, that has some sort of progressive resistance to it that's how you're going to get it and people just don't see that and i wish they did um and uh obviously i was talking about running there like i absolutely love running like if anyone follows me you see that i run all the time like i absolutely love it and um, i love what it does for you i'm going to come on to that as well and i wouldn't tell anyone not to do it but like i feel like there's no chronological order to actually go and exercise but to be honest i think everyone should start off with resistance training because you need to learn how to move properly um and i think having people come in and one of my sort of hardest obstacles as a coach is people come in and have maybe been they've had years and years of going to classes but they don't realize that they've not really seen much physique adaptations they've not really seen much change but they've went for years and they've got a good sweat on and they've got the fitness up a bit and then they come to me and I show them how to move properly. I show them how to, I'm just going to shut that door, the phone's ringing. <laughs> you know, that's like so many podcasts where I've went, the phone hasn't rang and I've been waiting on it to go and it just rings for ages whenever I've answered the phone. Probably should, so it end up being something important one day. But yeah, um, like, the, I can't even remember what I was saying there. I think I was talking about like, um, calves or something. I was, I was going to put down a note talking about calves and uh, one of the things that I've seen over the years definitely developed through running and more recently is my calves like 
I've got, I was yesterday I was sitting and I had bloody veins in my calves. I've never had that before, but I'm doing loads of fast running right now. So you'll definitely see a change in your calves through running or like cycling stuff, hill running especially, you see that there. So don't get me wrong. I said earlier on, you're going to see some, I can't speak for everyone here and I can't speak like, oh, this is gospel, it's the way it works. You're going to see some changes in your body. It's, it's, it's what happens when you place, your body adapts to obviously stimulus the, what is it? Um, said principle specific adaptation to impose demand um, and that's what happens over time so back to the cardio weight separation um, resistance training of any kind or any kind of body weight progressive training is how you generate physique adaptations and I mentioned already gymnast great example of this so I'm talking you I'm talking purely training here like outside of training you've obviously got your controllables you've got nutritional choices you've got sleep you've got recovery and adequate rest as well but I'm just talking training here. So building a physique comes down to three things, right? And I tell all of my clients this actually was um, this was through Brett Contreras' Glut Lab that really highlighted this for me. And it's something that I drum into everyone now. Um, progressive overload. Let's imagine this is a triangle, right? Progressive overload takes up about 50% of importance, right? And it's something that's so overlooked. People are coming into the gym and they're like trying to shock the body, doing loads of mad workouts that I'll do this this week then do that and you're like no like pick a program stick with it progress it log your training and every time you come in just focus on beating that logbook it's that simple and so many people don't do this track like see tracking your training like I used to be very like I'd be like to my clients oh you, you, you don't really have to make sure it's just your compounds fucking track absolutely everything track everything that you do in the gym because it's the most measurable way to see progress and there's nothing better than seeing yourself getting stronger that kind of brings me on to another point there as well, that you need to remember that um, Americans refer to strength training as muscle building training, whereas in the UK, we refer to muscle building and strength training differently. Now, you need to understand that they both have properties like strength and muscle building. They, they, they run together, but they don't run linear, right? So folk will be thinking, what the fuck are you talking about, Christian, right? So... You look at a bodybuilder, like, it's hard to give examples here because genetics play a part and loads of people take fucking anabolic steroids. So it's really, really incomparable to talk about 10 different guys at your local gym because you don't know what they're up to outside of the gym. You don't know what they, how long they've been training for, their ability, how knowledgeable they are, how hard they work. There's so many different variables. But like um, in the gym, it does come down to like three main things. Progressive overload, which is making sure that you're doing more over time. Um and um, mind-muscle connection comes into terms of that there. So um, I think I was talking about another part there. I've just drifted away and I can't even remember what it was. So apologies if you're listening. You're like, what the fuck are you doing, Christian? Um, so progressive overload, mind-muscle connection. This is so important. And like, like, you need to listen to your body. When it comes to progressive overload, you're not going to up your weights every single session. Otherwise, you'd be lifting some mad weights very, very quickly. But like... You, I, I'm very big on like looking at out things outside. Like this weekend, I had my first drink in like five weeks and I was quite drunk on Saturday. It's impacted my sleep. As a result of it impacting my sleep, I had some a big session on Friday and Saturday. So my, pro, my recovery basically was pressed the pause button on Saturday night because I was in like an unconscious state sleeping. So as a result of that, I've just pushed my recovery back. But I'm aware of this and a lot of people aren't. So coming into train this week, I wasn't looking at pressing any bigger numbers. To be honest, my numbers still did climb because I'm I'm in a phase right now where I'm lifting weights. And as a result of just coming back to the gym and having more weights, 
I'm adapting quickly because I was I was previously stronger. So I'm, I'm, I'm the the sort of muscle memory, the the climb is quicker than someone that was maybe getting to there in the first place because I've already got there. If that makes sense, and so that's a big one there. But you could come in and like your weights, your sets, and your reps might all stay the same as the previous week. But see, you might have had a poor night's sleep. You might have had a stressful day at work. You might have not been properly fueled with nutrition that day. But see the fact that you you were working off of an RPE, you were working to a nice failure point and it felt good and you, like, you had a good session. It doesn't matter. And I think sometimes people get caught up in the data and it happens all the time with steps. So oh, I didn't hit my 10,000 steps. And you're like, oh, fuck's sake, it's just a, it's a rough ballpark. It's like to hit for, have you done it the rest of the week? Yeah. Like how, how much we under by 1,000 steps? You're like, come on, man. Like it's, it's, it's an objective to aim for. Like if you were consistently coming to the gym and your weights weren't changing, then you would have to start looking at what you were doing. Maybe you were overtraining. Maybe you weren't eating enough food. But what I'm meaning is you're not going to just come in and start smashing your weights up five kilograms every week because like, you'd be like fucking Hercules in a matter of weeks. You know I mean, it doesn't work like that. But again, so many, you see this in gyms and folk are like, yeah, but my mate done that. And you're like, yeah, your mate takes anabolic steroids. That's how he done that. Um, or she, because there's a lot more females taking anabolic steroids as well now. Which is something I don't really, I don't really condone it in the first place. I spoke about this in a podcast, but I don't really, I think it's like, it's like declaring biological warfare in your body. And I think for a female and the hormones, especially males, but it's just, it's just mental. I, personally, I think it's fucking nuts, but that's just me. Um, anyway, second point, tension. So tension takes up about 25% of importance when it comes to building muscle. And this is so overlooked as well. Like people like just dropping that eccentric phase of the lift, the pulling the weight in, then just letting it go. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You're missing all that gain goodness. So slow it down, get some good tension on it. And then stress, like you don't need to go in and train like an absolute animal every single session. You get all these PTs on social media that are telling you, yeah, you need to go in and go hard or go home. And you need to just fucking go to complete failure. You don't, you just need to make sure that you're working to a nice RPE anywhere between seven to 10 or out of 10. Do you know what I mean? Like just make sure you're working to a nice point of failure. Um, and, to be honest, like consistency trumps all, but like things like rep ranges, sets, drop sets, tempo sets, tri sets, super sets, uh, giant sets, programs, splits, or anything else that you use in the gym, these are just tools. And there's so many bros in the gym saying things like, Oh, my mate only does eight reps and he's absolutely massive. You're like, Well, you need to understand that they're just ticking the boxes of what I just spoke about there. They're progressively overloading their training, they're coming in, they're frequently doing more. They're controlling their tempo and they're working to failure. I've done this for years before I even knew all this stuff, right? I've done it for years. And a lot of people, you can do it unknowingly. And guys tend to do it better than girls unknowingly as well because we've got bigger egos coming in and just try to lift more weight than your mate and doing it consistently. So you're working to failure. You're progressively overloading your training and you're trying to outdo your mate. So you're like putting everything into it. Um, and that is how you're doing it. So... Do you know what I mean? And then like your pal will be very quick to tell you as well. Like if you don't, like if you don't do a full range of motion, they'll be like, that's only half a rep. So like unknowingly, a lot of people are doing this. They're ticking the boxes, but like the rep range, like should be, the rep range is a tool. You shouldn't prioritize the rep range. The rep range is like, if you're working to 15 reps in a program, then you want to make sure by reps sort of 12 to 15, you want to be working to failure. If you're working to eight reps, it's the same there. You wouldn't work at your, eight rep max weight the same as you would at your 20 rep max weight you would set the rep the weight in, a, in accordance with that if that makes sense so 
Yeah, don't just that like, you always hear things when folks say that oh it needs to be 15 at least, you need to do this and this exercise. Exercise selection is genuinely down to the fact that like like you could I, I always say this that folk talk about the importance of a program. Programs are good, right? You get good programs. To be honest, you either get a good program or you get a shit program. It's not that approach, it's the execution that's the main part. But I've seen some shoddy programs, man. And like you need to make sure that you're like a good program is like a, a nice balance that's set for a, a person that it's like in accordance with that person's ability, the recovery, how much time they have to give up to training, and it's in line with their goals. That's a good program. Like people saying, like, oh man, look at the rep ranges in my program. That's a class program. That doesn't make it class. It's like a program should be suited to an individual. It's not about how cool it looks or how many fancy exercises you put into it. It's about execution and if it fits the fits the person that's using it. Um, so that's a big one there. Um, and reps are just structure that you, you apply uh, the principles to. So as I said, progressive overload, tension and stress. Um, people with shit form um, that get results are just people who are consistently in the gym more than they need to be. That's probably quite a good quote um, that, um, hopefully people will use again. And now I say this because I used to obviously I've worked in gyms for years, I've went to gyms for years, and you see some people and you're like, how are they in impeccable shape? And they only bring, when they're doing a bench press, they only bring the bar down about three inches. You realize that, you start to realize over time, obviously we spoke already, there could be anabolics in this here, and everything, all these principles kind of go out the, world, uh, out the window. There's actually studies shown to show that if you took anabolic steroids and just sat in the house, you would probably still, you would build muscle. You would actually grow. So you can probably imagine that implementing the anabolic steroids and doing some touching weights in the gym, you're going to see growth regardless. So remember these things as well. Genetics obviously play a big part as well. But like one of the things that I've learned over the years of training myself and working in uh, commercial facilities and uh, you see that people are in the gym way more than they need to be like way more than they need to be. And I, I'll put my hand up and say, it. I used to be in the gym and be like, if I didn't hit my, have a chest day, I thought my chest was going to fall off. I lift weights, not that I'm in perfect condition and like that, but people are like, what do you mean you train full body and you only train weights twice a week? Now I lift weights twice a week. That is it, like bodybuilding style training, twice a week, every single week. It's like my non-negotiables. I do it every single week. And folk are like, yeah, but you're looking at my, I'm on my chapter 20 and you're on your chapter one, you can't compare, like, I've got, like, loads of lifting under my belt, like, it didn't just happen because of that program, but what I'm getting at is, yeah, I can maintain a good physique with just two times resistance trainers a week, now, don't get me wrong, I do do things like CrossFit, I do workouts that do involve resistance, like conditioning sessions, so, yeah, the, the byproduct of them is they're still going to stimulate growth, and then, obviously, my nutrition, my recovery is all set appropriately, because I know my body well over time, but what I'm getting at is there's people in the gym doing bro splits, training chest, fucking like 40 sets on chest a week. That is just pure junk volume. It's just so unnecessary. And I think that's something that I want to liberate people with is show them how to train properly. And that's what I'm going to drop in a few points coming up that hopefully help a few people out. Um, so yeah, people with shit form are just people who are consistently in the gym with, uh, way more than they, they need to be. So that's a wee golden nugget there. So some interesting facts about weight training. I always tell everyone this. A Romanian deadlift and a stiff leg deadlift are two different lifts, right? A stiff leg deadlift starts on the floor 
and you keep a straight leg, it comes all the way up to the top and it touches the floor again. A Romanian deadlift starts at the top and it doesn't touch the floor. So there you go, there's a wee golden nugget there, two different lifts. Um, second fact, lifting weights is a skill. You need to learn how to move properly in order to get to the point that you want to be. So remember, if you come in and you're trying to practice a walking lunge and you're like shaking like a shitting dog, you need to get good at these movements before you can start adding weight. I always use the example, like the neuromuscular pathways from your brain to your muscle need to be improved. It's almost like you need to improve the hard wiring. So what I would suggest is pick a program, stick with it religiously, and just get better at the movements and focus on your weaknesses. Don't go, oh, I don't like that lift. I'm just not going to do it. Put it in. Like, do like a basic program. It could be a two full body sessions a week, which are two leg movements, a pressing movement and a hinging movement. So that could be a leg press and a remaining deadlift. And then do two upper body pulling movements. So that could be a lat pull down or a pull up, which is like sagittal, um, which is like a, uh, I can't even remember the name of it, frontal movement. And then you could do like a, a rowing movement. So a T-bar row and a seated row or a deadlift or something. Uh, and then for your pushing movement, it could be literally like a shoulder press and a bench press. It could be simple as that. But if you consistently do that and progress what you're doing, you'll see results. And I can guarantee you that. That's what I do with my clients. I'm not pioneering anything different. It's just progressive, progressive overload. Um, and tracking should be an absolute non-negotiable essential when you are training as well. Honestly, like you should like you should be in tracking what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just going into the gym and moving. I always use the joke, like, yo, I've spoke to a lot of like, older guys in the gym, like, ah, son, uh, I'm just in here maintaining. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And they're, they're in there and they're maybe just moving about a machine. I'm like, that's like me just standing in my living room, putting my hands above my head and just shaking them above my head, going, ah, that's me exercising. Like, make sure that you're going in and you're trying to make progress wherever you can. You don't have to, you're not in there to train to be an absolute athlete. You're just in there to make progress. And that's how we see adaptations. There's so many people are overlooking that. So make sure that you're progressing and tracking what you're doing. Um, this is a, a sort of, uh, this is one that I've kind of I've noticed over the years of training. So loads of PTs are doing this with their clients. And to me, it just shows like lack of knowledge. And I'm not trying to put anyone down. I'm not trying to like make anyone feel like shit. But a deficit in exercise is basically where you are um, basically elevating a, a limb or a joint to increase the range of motion. So a good example of this would be a deficit Bulgarian split squat. Now a Bulgarian split squat is where you elevate your back foot up onto a bench or a step, and then your front foot's on the ground, and then you do a lunging motion. It's pretty tough, and it's really good for beginners, and it's really good for advanced lifters as well. It's a really, really tough movement. Now, if I was to implement a deficit to that, what I would do is I would elevate my front foot so my back knee could get closer to the ground, now, so many PTs are doing this with their clients and their clients haven't even got a good enough range of motion to get beyond the initial deficit. So why are they adding a deficit? It's just basically making things look fancy in an effort to be cool. I don't know, man, but it's just don't do it. Don't add a deficit if you're not going to use the deficit. It's pointless. Um, next point, you can literally transform your physique with two to three hours of, with two to three hours of progressive weight training each week. And I think more people need to be cool with that because you've got people in going, oh, I need to do a chest day, back day, shoulder day. You don't, like, you can literally, so many people are overtraining, not overtraining to the point where they are, like, in bits and pain. I mean, and a lot of folk are doing that as well, especially coming back to the gym after a good bit of time off. But I mean, and, like, there's a lot of people overtraining, doing loads of hours of unnecessary training when they don't need to be. Like, if you track, you start to see that very quickly as well. Um, and... That's obviously a, a, a big point there. Tying in with that, optimally, 
And this was in Brett Contreras' book. Optimally, a body part only needs to be hit between 10 and 20 sets per week. So what does that mean? I used the example already. If you've done two full body workouts and you had two leg movements, two upper body push and two upper body pull, it could be as basic as that, and you've done that twice a week, you'd be hitting a body part 12 times per week. And that's ideally what you want. Obviously, you can advance it. You can prioritize certain things. If you want to develop a certain area, you can do that. But in a nutshell, it doesn't need to be any more than that. Like Once you start like, exceeding 25 reps on a, on a body part within a week, your body just can't recover for that. Again, now, I can't speak for everyone because there is people that take anabolic steroids that can cope with more. There's people with genetics. There's people that are extremely advanced lifters that know their body really well and can push up to 30 working sets. But for Joe Average, you do not need to be exceeding 10 to 20 sets per body part. Honestly, you don't. And that's something I've learned over the years of coaching people and training myself because... I've had a big shift in my own training from resistance training to performance, but I also love still being strong and I love having a physique and being able to do this. I love trying to get, one of my goals right now is to get a sub 18 5K and a sub 40 minute 10K and a sub 90 um, half marathon. I'm nearly 90 kilograms and I'm able to do that and I'm, I'm proud of that. And I think that so many folk are in this sort of mindset that you can't do both. And I'm here to tell you that you can. Um, I'm also going to be looking at putting on a seminar on how to develop um, bulletproof your fitness and build a physique at the same time, because that's what I love doing. So I want to help people do that. So if you are interested, drop me a DM. I'm going to be getting that set up. I put up a poll the other day and had a lot of interest. So I'd like 17 people vote. So that'd be good to get that going. I'll do that from uh, my gym, the bunker where I work from. Um, so that's a big one there. If you are interested, just a little plug for my business. Um, yeah, so when lifting weights, focus on the muscle and not the movement. Now, this is an absolute golden nugget that I tell so many people. Don't focus on just moving from A to B. Focus on the targeted area. Think about it and actually get a good feel for it because you, you'll see your training come on leaps and bounds when it comes to developing your physique. So with all this stuff being said about obviously time management and a lot of people are in it, it's not like there's people in training like six, like six sessions a week in splits and that's absolutely fine because they're getting the most out of it. There's really advanced bodybuilders that are at that point there. But like for Joe Average, you don't need to be in the gym that much. Like the folk are in way more than they need to be. And that's something I want people to take away from this. With all that being said, uh, I think that everyone should be doing some cardio. Now there will be, I don't think any bodybuilders will be, listening to this podcast um i don't really think it's their vibe but um if they are they'll probably be thinking it kills gains it doesn't kill gains if you have set your nutrition in line with your goals if you are recovering properly and you are divvying up your training with a good enough plan you can do all this stuff like i'm still lifting heavyweights and i ran a sub 19 5k the other week do you know what i mean like it's it's well doable one thing i would say is when you do this is your ceiling's going to raise the more you do it and like with anything, you just start to understand your body, your body the more you do things as well. So it's definitely all this stuff so that you can do it. But I think that everyone should obviously um, train a bit of cardio because it's it makes you feel fucking great. It makes you feel like a boss. There's nothing better than feeling fit. It makes you feel like you can take on the world and it just makes your mindset grow as well. So what would I give you? What, would, what piece of advice would I tell you if you would like to implement some um, fitness now? Getting fit is a good goal, but I suppose it's just like saying I want to lose weight. It's a bit unclear. Um, it's a bit like a business saying I want to make some money. Every business wants to make some money. How much money? When? How much do you want to make a month? Do you want to employ someone? You need to be a bit more specific. So what I would suggest is narrowing down what you want from training. So I would suggest to you to maybe is it a fast 5K or 10K, like I just said there, my goals. 
you can't be an ultramarathon runner that like 200 kilogram deadlifter um and a sub 16 5k like there might be some unholy human that can do that but to be honest there was two guys over lockdown that squatted 500 pounds and ran a sub five minute mile in the same day which is insane it's proper showing that you can really do this but what i'm meaning is for people that are maybe entering the gym and they're really wanting to get their physique going and they want to get their fitness up is come up with a bit of a plan so like start thinking about how much time you have to give to training what your abilities at what's realistic progress like maybe speak to a coach don't hesitate to drop me a message i'm more than happy to help out as well um, and then from there create a plan i always say work back the way come up with your goal then work back the way from there and um, focusing on performance as well as aesthetics is a game changer and that is how i'm going to finish off this podcast today is I think more people need to be focusing on performance. Like it's all, all being said, I was talking about physique adaptations, changing your body composition, getting strong. But what you should focus on is strength-based goals. You should focus on getting strong, feeling fit. And what tends to happen is as a byproduct is those physique changes and aesthetic goals just happen because you're so focused on the performance. So that is my biggest take home from this today. Ladies and gents, I would focus on performance more than aesthetics i would come up with a bit of a plan and i would seek out help if you really want it honestly i cannot emphasize how much help does for you anyway ladies and gents that was my third solo podcast and i'm really happy with the way that went versus the first few and um, feeling a lot more confident speaking on the mic and stuff like that and um, the podcast has actually done wonders for my public speaking in that so i'm so grateful for that anyway um, a wee plug for my business as well if you are interested in working with me I am running the Fit and Forty Challenge at K-Park which is the boot camp um, and it's basically focused at building habits and bulletproofing your fitness and just getting becoming an all-round badass um, anyway if you have been listening remember screenshot and tag the podcast tag me in it and I'll share it to my story you get a shout out on there as well anyway I'm going to shoot we're going to have to love these and leave these got some big guests planned coming on catches